Greetings and salutations to all of our Skywatchers listeners out there, intergalactically, interdimensionally, in the Matrix, in the Hollow Earth, wherever you are. What up? Welcome to another edition of Skywatchers Radio on this beautiful, whatever month we're in, it's the 13th, it's a Wednesday night. April, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for voice from above. I am one-third of the Skywatchers team this evening. I'm joined by my fabulous two mans. They're my mans. Uh, The other guy. Say hi, other guy. Hi, other guy. (laughs) You were not Sorry, I just just had to. We should do that again. No, we should do that again. That was very bad. Hi, other guy. Hey, how are you? How's everything going today? That was so much better. And our fabulous news person, Mr. Chris Swag Brown. What's good, man? Hey, I'm here. (laughs) We're glad. He's just swagging it. Okay. He's so swag. He's so swag. So swag. It's Wednesday, guys. That's what I do best. You do. You do do best. I feel like we're all dragging ass tonight. Are we all dragging ass tonight? Well, ass we tonight? are dragging just a little. I am just really not no. going to go there, but thanks for trying. You did a good job there, Chris. Thank you. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not dragging. I actually just got done eating, so if anything, I'm dragging my belly because I'm nice and full now. I ate I'm my uh, your belly. I did. Oh, I had some salad and I and and we had some stroganoff. Oh, you, sounds delicious. You had some stroking off? What? Some stroking off. Yes, oh, okay. no, stroking off, I meant to say. I always, I get so caught up and call it stroking off for, for so many years, I just can't help it for crying out loud. <laughs> stroking off. That's know. fantastic. We have a great guest on tonight, everybody. Fellow PSN radio host, Miss Deborah Jane is going to come on tonight and talk UFOs with us. I'm pretty sure we're talking about some UFOs. So that'll be exciting. Yeah. We've got some great guests on the lineup for Skywatchers this month. I'm very excited about your guest, other guys, so I really hope that we can we can make that happen. Uh, that, I, I'd like to. That's gonna I think it's gonna be a really, really a cool thing. Uh, yeah, I think if we get if that. we get them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean we get a nice director with a really, really cool movie and uh mm-hmm. yeah, I, th- I I I think we could do okay with that. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. That's what's up. Uh, what else is going on, guys? Do you have any news announcement things you would like to share with the aliens? Oh yeah, share with the aliens. Oh. Yeah, with the aliens. Okay, uh, okay I don't want to share with you. I don't know anything I want to share with an alien, you know, <laughs> except for maybe a joint. But uh, other than that, that's, hey, hey, that's... hey, that's the other show. We're not talking about that show just yet. But yeah, no? well, yeah. I, I'm just saying, smoke. Okay, smoke the peace pipe. 
peace pipe. Smoking the peace oh, pipe. Smoking with the alien. alien. With the alien. Okay. Do you think the alien would be offended if... Never mind. That would be like a whole weed show. I wouldn't He's even. beyond that. He's beyond yeah. smoking I would just weed. Think that maybe he's beyond any drugs of anything. They're, they're like so beyond like that. So they, don't, they don't need to even worry about those small things because they're, they're, they're perfection, I suppose, right? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, sure, I guess. I don't know. I'm staying out of this. Uh, can I buy a vowel? Um, you know, just I, I, I just don't you know what to do. You can buy a vowel. Mentally beyond. Mentally beyond. They are just so mentally beyond. <laughs> I like it. Okay. What's up? Okay. Yeah. Whatever. I'm, but I'm, hey, it's you know, mentally said, beyond. Yeah. They have said they found THC or, or the or whatever on comet. The remnants of marijuana on a comet in space or some weird thing like they're today. That you that's shit. Yeah. No. Uh, are you messing with us? Are you messing with no, us, Mr. Crown? No, was that actual a news story? Uh, I'm dead serious. True story. What? That's a true story? That's no. awesome. Space weed, man. <laughs> That's got to be like the best. You guys, ever. everybody's seen Cheech and Chong. You think they didn't just get out the, uh, the movie? All I can say is, wow. I don't believe you. Um. Yeah, what? No. That's where you draw the line. We're sitting here talking about aliens and polar bears on Mars, but you're like THC in a comet. No, that's where you draw the line. Yep. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, yeah, and you want to hear why? Tell me. Tell me. This will be the first time, and it turns out to be weed, finding organic matter on a comet. Oh. I'm sorry. I there mean, has to have been... was... Go ahead. No, I'm, I'm saying – if. You can't tell me that like after all the comments that we've researched. Or, or something like that? Yeah, organic matter on a comment, it just turns out to be weed. Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't believe that's the first thing that someone's going to find on a comment that's organic matter. I'm sorry. I can't believe it. Wow. I mean, and I how, just, and how, 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 why not? Why not? Why not? What, 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 why does it have to be what something satellite? Else? I'm sorry. What, what probe, what, whatever landed on the comment to prove that it's hot? Uh, I don't know. I don't know, but we have an article. Okay. I'm going to go okay. check out. Uh-oh. Do that. The, bo- do the voice from above, the debunker. The voice, and- the voice from above has, has is trying to educate us this evening. Okay. Um, okay. Astrophysicists from the University of Hawaii have discovered THC on a meteorite found in the Nevada desert in 2010. Researchers who analyzed meteorite fragments in search of microbacterial data found the presence of THC, which is found in a variety of plants and most famously in cannabis. And I'm telling you, that meteor went through someone's grow farm in, in the desert. In the desert, yeah, they they saw they saw Walter White cooking his meat. <laughs> that went through there. Then it ended up with the Pollo Loco pots, and uh, wow. you know that's what happened. You're amazing. You're ma- you were you you're amazing. You're like there are there is there are animals on Mars, but was, this comet did a hop, skip, and a jump yeah. through a weed farm through the desert, 
and that's why there's THC on it. Not that it I just, just had a much more THC. simpler thing. I thought, well, geez, maybe when they went and they found the meteor and they said, wow, look at that. Oh, wow. Hey, let's smoke a bowl. Hold on here. Let's listen let's, let's, to a historical <laughs> moment. So they went and they loaded a bowl. Maybe they had some really good stuff and they, you know, and some, some Jack Rack or something, you know, and it, and it, and it, and it, and it got on their fingers. And then when they went and they picked up that meteor and then maybe that by touching it and all that, it left remnants of the weed on it. And then when they went and turned it into the people, then then they was came down to the microscopic THC. How did the hell did that get on it? Well, there are they going to cop up and say, well, yeah, well, uh, dear, we don't want to tell you. We got a whole harvest thing going here in this. Uh, but well, if we tell you, we're going to arrest me. So we might I go mean, to my house you know and find the ten pounds I'm sitting on. You know that astrophysicists are really good at growing their own marijuana. You just know that they have to be good at it. But I am going to give these professionals the benefit of the doubt and say that they probably did find it on this little, you know, we don't know how it got there. We don't know. No, we don't. Maybe no, we the aliens have. This is the voice from above, real quick, Uh-oh, cutting in. Here we go. Now, as you guys know, I, I tend to partake in the uh, usage of the marijuana. I enjoy news like this because it brings joy to my life to know that it's heavenly found, the marijuana. <laughs> and now I came across an article here that says NASA discovers new planet covered with marijuana. Right. And I, I, don't know how, I don't know how truthful this is, uh, but if it is, uh, I could sign up when to go to this planet and live there permanently? When can I do this? <laughs> this would be amazing. What paperwork yeah, do I have be. to go through to get in there? NASA's Kepler satellite NASA's Kepler satellite has discovered a Let's new see. planet covered with marijuana. <laughs> oh boy, I wonder what kind that of strain it is, awesome. huh? Must be be off of a full moon strain or a Star Trek strain. Guys, I think I found heaven. I think this is heaven. (laughs) I would agree with you. This has to be heaven. This is hilarious. The level of THC in these is 300 times, no, 3,000 times higher than the plants found on Earth. You would probably could just lick a plant and you'd be stoned for a year. Again, where do I sign up? (laughs) I'll tell you, one forest fire there, it's going to be a party and a half. uh, That would be the one planet where somebody would finally OD on weed because it's 3,000 times higher. That would be it. This would be that planet. (laughs) This would be the only planet that you could actually do it on. Hmm. That is amazing. That is the one that doesn't need gravity. It doesn't need gravity because it's just so high, it just floats. (laughs) But um, but, but. (laughs) up. Fantastic. Fantastic. Our voice from above has given us the good news. Okay. That's so what I do. Thank you, voice from above. See, there's a whole planet that has marijuana on it. So what do you have to say to that other guy? Why couldn't there be a comet? How to get off the planet. I don't know. Okay, there we go. See, we don't know how to get off how the do, planet. How do comets float in space? Same way. Uh-oh. Ooh, Answered. So Thank you very much. So deep. All right, fine. And now the voice goes back above. Thank you. The voice is returning. <laughs> we gotta actually have a sound effect of him coming down and then coming up. You know, like that it that should. little. Um, it's gonna be like. Goes, oh, it is he. <laughs> the voice yeah, we'll from above. Some, we'll wow, this is all making sense voice. With the weed planet, and now I know why these. We, we were hearing about the aliens being green. 
and all that. They're exactly for so long. Bingo. Exactly why they're so green. This is why weed is really illegal, right here. This is the reason why it was illegal for sure. And they say they also have slanted eyes. Well, we know why they have slanted eyes. You know, well, this you're either, racist. You know? That's why, because you're racist. No, they're higher in hell. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> so, literally, you know. But uh, literally, they are stoned. Yeah, I love. They really uh, are higher than the moon. Mm-hmm. I love that effect that marijuana has on people. It's great. Me too. When, Especially uh, on me. Love it. Oh, is it? Are you, do, do well, you really? Like I said, my products on the horizon, so you know. Oh my god! See, I knew the other guy was going to try to sell us something tonight. I knew. I'm it. not, sell- I'm not selling things. anything yet. Uh, uh, I'm not selling anything yet. I'm just actually interviewing people that want to be distributors of it. Uh, so anybody who wants a job, <laughs> I'm looking. As long as you go out and do some door well, knocking, we would have the 420 products. show. Then we would add my buddy who owns a dispensary up here, and he would maybe be interested in putting it in his well, dispensary. To sell. We'll, we'll that be doing happen. that. And and Chris, here's the best part: you can actually mm-hmm. sit your butt at home and just be on the phone calling all the dispensaries, asking them if they want to stock up on what I got. I need oh, someone. Wow. To- we'll make all kinds of deals that way. Yeah, sounds like a party to me. That's right. Yeah. Oh, now we know where it's at. Everybody in PSN listening to the radio knows where it's yeah. at. All right. So we there's, have there's um, a cool product. Yeah, things. that's it. The the voice from above is seriously educating. I did not realize that there were this many reports, but meteorite fragment. Yeah, it it does. It's it's got it. It's got it. All right. So we we have discovered so far on the show tonight that there is a planet full of weed that we would all like to go to. At least I think I would say that most of us would like to go to the planet of weed and that there is a meteorite that has trace amounts of weed. And the other guy does not believe that weed could be found on comets. I like it. I think uh, it's a good start. We were talking about the object that was caught um, from the ISS that seemed to have come over the horizon, stopped position and then shot out into space. Uh, that was the first video that we looked at, and uh, I'm looking for debunkers here because I can't think of a debunk. I, I can't debunk it just yet. So, uh, someone, if you have a reason, I can't really debunk it either. I mean, you know, it looks it looks legit. It's just just the big thing is is a space junk, and so that's. But you know how big that has to be for space junk, and how can it be space junk if it's going in two different directions? It doesn't change its traje- trajectory. If it's just junk. Yeah. Well, I... Oops, yeah. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, you're right. Well... Now, now, other guy. Now, now. You don't have to be condescending. Okay. Okay. Condescending. No, 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 no. Okay, okay. So someone please point out how space junk can change trajectory on video. And it's bigger than a flipping screwdriver. It's pretty big. It is, is in fact, pretty big. Uh, I've got an alert. We'll Sound see. is wonderful now. Thank you for fixing it. And you're Yay! welcome. Sound is wonderful. You got sound. That's kind of important when you're doing radio. Okay, so so that was that. So is this other video the same thing? Or no, it's something else. I think it's the same thing just shot from what I understand. It's the same thing just from another angle of from another okay, camera. That was the daily. Okay, so we had we had two articles. We put them up on our Facebook page and if everybody should be on our Facebook page by now, but if for some reason you're not and you're silly, uh Skywatchers Radio guys. That's our Facebook page. We put up cool stuff, and it's all about UFOs. So go and check it out. You can follow along. You can also follow along on Twitter. Uh Danny who is the man Big D will be tweeting articles for us this evening and you can use the Hashtag Batsquatch 
to chat with us on Twitter. <laughs> Bad Squatch. Bad Squatch. I'm Bad Squatch. No, no, it's like, I'm Bad Squatch Man. Uh, wow. Okay. I don't even know what to yeah, do with that. Yeah, that's pushing it, huh? Yeah. That was, that was, that was, you know, I, I was almost on the verge of maybe we should make a little, like, icon or, like, a little figure that's actually Bat Squatch Man. But I don't, uh... Someone's done that already. I could send you the link. Uh, okay, well... It already see. exists. It's, it, it's creepy. It, it's a Sasquatch in a Batman outfit. It's really, I'm really funny. Not, uh, that's weird. Okay. <laughs> quite the combo. It's a yeah. safer sore eyes, for sure. All right. Yeah. That's amazing. So, Thank you, voice from above. So, again. so we've got we've got a uh, space junk. No, we're not kidding. We're kidding. We're, we're not sure if it's space junk. We think it might. I, I be think we UFO. can dismiss the possibility of it being space junk okay. because it moves into different directions. That's what the other guy's saying. All right. So if you disagree with the other guy, you should definitely let us know. Definitely let us. Are you going to give the phone number, other guy? Give out the phone number. Do it. You do it so well. Oh, God, I don't have the phone number in front of me. I don't know it by heart. 8675309. Oh, that's Jenny's <laughs> number. Two and a half years out. later, you still stop, don't know the stop, number? Stop, give, stop giving out Jenny's number. You know, Jenny, don't want <laughs> to hear so... from you. Angel, did you fall out of your chair the first show you were gone and the other guy gave out the phone number? Yeah, I was. I did fall out. Yeah. yeah. You, okay, so if you would like to call in and disagree with the other guy, the phone number to call in is 786-245-8127. Again, that is 786-245-8127. Standard phone rates apply. Okay. There we go. Yeah, that's actually – Boy, you sound like rate. you've done that there a lot there, Mrs. Telemarketer. I know. It's good, right? Oh, I know. See, I could be a voice actor. I'm on this. Anyway, moving on. Next. Okay, what was that strange noise that we just heard? Uh, that was my uh, fire. That was my Firefox crashing. Oh, okay. Um, another interesting uh, video. If anybody wants to post it up, uh, an alien base is in a photo on someone's desk at NASA. What? I Lies. found that one really, really wow. interesting. That's really neat. Lies. Yeah, cl- click on that. Click on that one, and it's like, okay, folks. Let's see. Let's see. Someone tried to debunk that. NASA's got that photo sitting on the desk. Yeah, go ahead, folks. You know, go ahead. I dare you. I dare you. Uh, okay, so hang on. How do we know that this is a NASA desk? Oh, that's real easy to figure out. You really uh, sound like those old Robert Conrad commercials years ago. They had the old battery sitting on the old uh, on his shoulder, and he said, "I dare you. I dare you to knock it off." Well, then, for some, for some reason, I dare you to knock that like, battery off. Remember well, those? it's got a Big sign that says NASA Ames Research Center. The people are wearing NASA shirts, and you can see a NASA ID badge uh, there as well. I don't too. see a All NASA ID badge. Fate. But anyway, okay. Uh oh. It's it's what, what what was that voice from above? All that all that could be staged and faked, but I digress. Okay, you're right. It could be faked, but um, the, you know, the full photo is on the NASA website, so you can actually click on the NASA website oh, to really? actually go. So I'm thinking it might not be faked voice from above. Uh oh. Uh oh. Okay. I'll let, have, All I'll right. let you have this one. I don't know enough about this case. Go ahead, continue. Okay. No, no, no. If you look at the YouTube link, okay. it shows actually, the link to the full NASA website yeah. URL. You actually, yes, you can actually go to NASA's website and see the picture. So we, we can confirm that it actually is from NASA. And I don't, okay, so I'm looking at the, I don't know that that's a base, but I mean. Well, go, go to 50, look, look about 50 seconds in, 
and yeah, then no, keep on watching. Just keep on watching because they zoom in on it and they actually show the shadowing and the shaping. And I'm like, um, wow, that's really, really, you know, it's very interesting. What it could be. Uh oh, let me uh, let me share with the people. Yeah, this one's this one. I got to admit, um, I'm uh, it, it, it's it's a hard to it's a I hard got bunk. Interesting. That uh, boy, somebody did a big oops. If that really is, <laughs> like, good job. I, I, I don't know if they have that job anymore there, but um, yeah, that's that's yeah. Uh, I'm I'm looking for. Uh, I'd rather debunk it, but I just can't right now. You can really so. zoom in on that picture too, even if you go to their website to to, and you can. I mean, you could pretty clearly see the outline of it yeah. right under that guy's arm. Yeah, that's that's very very interesting. See, I don't know enough about <clears throat> maps and topography and all that to be able to say one way or another. But that is, uh, boy, it really stands out. It's like pretty blatant. Good job, buddy. Yeah, you just on your desk there while somebody's taking a picture. <laughs> like, whoops! Uh, I just had a job at NASA, but not anymore. <laughs> whoops! Wow. Okay. Yeah. And okay. the funny part is, you, if you look, he's wearing the lanyard. That has to do with the moon, uh, the moon research uh, program. Yeah, I wish I could. I'm, I'm going to have to go back and watch this video when I can hear what they're saying. <clears throat> Sound like they're they're chatting about uh, about the image and where it could be and all that good stuff. So, right. Yeah. So I. Uh, now I, here's the fun part. I think later on in the video they actually show where that original image may or may not be in the JPL. Uh, Image libraries. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. They just called out his name of the guy that's working at the desk. <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, yeah, um, that came out at about uh, three minutes and 15 seconds. I can't listen so, to So, yeah, it's... Got back the Poor dude, we don't so need So, folks, anybody want to debunk this? I'm willing to listen to a debunker. Come on. Come yeah, on, I'm not going to debunk That's a word for me. I'm not In saying anything. Voice. Not you a word from women. You, you stumped me like a. Did the voice from me. above? Did the voice from above just say he he can't dismiss this one either? I feel so happy now. <laughs> he can't. Nope. Can't say nothing about this one. No. Yay! Oh. Interesting. Oh snap! Yeah. We think we found a base on the moon. What? Nobody's surprised. Or or an or at least an object or a. Uh, or a ancient something or other. Yeah. You know what it reminds me of, sadly? Uh, it reminds me of the Kaaba in um, Mecca. It's that square shape of the Kaaba, which is the most holiest of holy sites for Muslims. So I'm just like, now we got Muslims on the moon. Uh, <laughs> you know. Even more holier than the bunghole? The oh bunghole? The cornholeole itself? I, I I'm really this just not the teepee that. for my bunghole. Yeah, you know, I'm just really not going to start an argument with that one. Um, <laughs> if, if anybody feels that that was racist, it's their turn to shoot it out and blast the a hole for Angel over there as well. As blast the a hole. I am Cornholio. That was that's right. Everybody needs to blast my that's right. Everybody needs to blast the a-hole. And, and of course, I'm sure Bungholio there will give out the email address for the a-hole. Yeah, it's a-hole at skywatchersradio.com. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. 
<laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah well. <laughs> that just sounded so uh, scary. Uh, By the way, before I forget, who do we have? Who is our guest tonight? Um, I totally, you know, going through all the all these videos, no one's gotten around to telling me who is our guest tonight. I am like a hundred percent positive. Earlier, actually, yeah. mm-hmm. just oh no, but what's that person? What's what's her story? What's it's all? What's well, it all about? <clears throat> she's on the network here, and uh, she's a host, and uh, she's a oh. guest tonight. She's been on before, so it's not shocking that you don't know who we're talking about. No, I probably she's a UFO experiencer herself. And has a lot of things she's going to say. So Deborah is should be on here very shortly, which we got to go to break here. We're at the bottom of the hour and, and a little bit past down. So we probably, I guess, maybe should bring her in, huh? And yeah, let's, uh, let's go on break and bring yeah. her in. Good job, Chris. All right. Thank you. Hey, Chris. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com Here's a riddle for you. What do the California Gold Rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction. Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. And welcome back to Skywatchers Radio. We are live on the public streaming network. I am DCS, a.k.a. Woo Woo. I am here with the other guy and Mr. Chris Rag Brown and our fantastic guest. She is a fellow host on the PSN network. She is an author. She is a UFO experiencer, a UFO researcher, so we're going to have amazing things to talk about for the next 90 minutes. It's Miss Deborah Jane East. Hi, Deborah. Hi everyone! It's nice to be here on the show tonight. We are glad oh, to have thank you. Thank you for uh, thank you for joining us. I mean, that's that was really cool. By the way, sorry for the technical difficulties where we couldn't get out to you there for a bit. 
Oh, that's but, okay. Uh, I, I'm now used we got to this. <laughs> I'm used to it. A lot of times when I'm on shows or other experiencers are on shows, they talk about difficulties with uh, the broadcast or Skype. So it's, you know, I say the show must go on. <laughs> it's, it's, that's that's live radio. Always something. <laughs> that's it. That's what my grandma said. No matter what you do, there's always something. So uh, when I ran my own show, you know, some weeks everything went perfect. But then you had the week from hell where Skype, you had a great guest that you really tried hard to get on for a long time. And then your Skype just keeps on dying. I guess you guys have had those kind of days too. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it happens. It, you know, it's always – and it's never, you know, while you're doing random things in the show. You're just, like, talking about news or you're bullshitting or whatever. As soon as you get the guest on, then everything blows up. Oh, yeah. So, well, that's, that's nothing like happens. having smeg on your face once in a while. But, you know, it's yeah. important that we keep on doing this because – There are a lot of people in the United States that have great stories to tell and have information that needs to get out there. And how great that PSN radio gives people like us a voice so that we can talk about our experiences and reach out to others who have had these uh, things happen to them. And I just think it's great to be able to have a voice and talk about this stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know what, Deborah, let's. Let's let's talk about let's let's talk about you. Let's do it. Let's you know, why don't you, you know, tell everybody who's not familiar with your work and, and kind of give us a background into what got you into, you know, ufology. Oh, I'll be glad to. It actually started at a very young age. And I was twelve years old. Twelve years old. I had four sisters, okay? And we lived in a rural town called Hillsville, Virginia, which is way, way back out into the sticks. Now, this was before, of course, Internet and before social media. And, um, you know, if you had a telephone and a color TV, you were doing good out in the country. So not a whole lot of communication and stuff. Um, I don't know if any of you guys are old enough to remember, but there used to be the party telephone lines where if you talk to someone and someone I've else heard about up, them, they but could hear you. Them. So that's how long ago it was. Wow. <laughs> you must be younger than me. So, But, you know, there was not a lot of ways to uh, communicate other than just your telephone, you know. So we were all watching TV one night. It's about 1130, and uh, the moon was out. It was a moonlit night. And we were just all sitting there watching uh, TV, and we had a dog, a Labrador. His name was Bear. And um, he started barking, and... You know, after a while, you begin to learn just the the bark, you know, they're playing. But then when they have a high-pitched bark and they sound really ferocious, then you know to go outside that something is around that's not supposed to be. So Bear started barking. My dad went out, and he came back in, and I, I remember how white his face looked. He said, go wake your mother up. All of y'all come outside. I want you to see this. And I can just feel my footsteps. I was barefoot just going across the end of the porch. I can remember just feeling the strangeness of seeing my dad look up into the sky. And beside our house was a huge hill with trees. And up over the top of that hill was a lens-shaped craft. It was as big as a tractor trailer. That's how long it was. It was approximately... An eighth of a mile away. 
yes, it was big. It had a center band of rotating lights that were blue, red, and white. And sometimes it would stop and it would just blink, but most of the time it was rotating. Well, it was hovering over the hill. And we just stood there for probably 15 minutes. None of us said a single word. We looked up into the sky. Our dog was running up towards the hill. And his, uh, the, the dog had his head pointed up in the sky. The dog was actually seeing this object. Now, we couldn't hear anything, but, you know, dogs have that extra sensory hearing, you know, that humans can't hear. So I actually think that um, our dog heard something, and that's what got the attention, and he started barking. But we watched for 15 or 20 minutes, and very slowly, the UFO came towards our house, and it took a a 90-degree turn to the left, and it slowly went out the pasture field towards the highway. Well, our dog followed the craft, walking underneath it. At that point, it was probably a 1,000 feet up. It, it followed it all the way to the highway. And my dad actually had to go in the truck and get our dog and bring the dog back. Well, I, when my dad got back and we were all sort of out of the trance, I said, what was that? And Dad said, that was something that was not from this earth. Hmm. And I knew that, too, because, you know, of course, you've seen plenty of airplanes and stuff like that, you know, when you're growing up. So from that moment on, I have never doubted for one minute that UFOs exist. No one can tell me that they don't exist because in 1968... When I saw that, I know that our government did not have anything that looked like that or that could travel at those speeds. When it got uh, to the end, close to the uh, highway, it sped off, and like in three seconds it was gone. I could no longer see it. So I asked my dad, I said, Dad, we should call the sheriff's department or call someone. And this is what he said. We can't do that because they'll think we're crazy. And I thought to myself, it's really sad when you when somebody will say you're crazy for telling the truth. And you know what? It's not really changed a whole lot these days because people still have that stigma attached to them if they call in and report a UFO. Darn right. Very Sarah, sad. That's what stopped me from my encounter was when it first happened. Is I was first thing in my head was to call the you know the cops or whatever. But then I was thinking these people are going to look at me like a deer in the headlights. You're exactly right. I mean, I've interviewed people that have had fantastic sightings, and they did call the sheriff's department. They actually called the newspaper, and they got hung up on. So, just I'm that guy. I didn't call. I called the. (laughs) I called the uh, the newspaper, and uh, yeah, that didn't go over real well. But uh, and uh, but I I went to call the news. Is actually what I did. So as crazy as that sounds. Well. I don't know if you know this, but some of the news stations, uh, and especially the radio stations, are told not to broadcast. I know there was a radio station that uh, I interviewed one of the uh, uh, hosts on there, and they actually got a call and were told not to broadcast any more UFO sightings because it was causing public alarm. So, yeah, and there are also news, uh, news shows 
I mean, they'll publish a token UFO thing every once in a while. You know, well, this sighting, but they never really take it seriously. Right. And I think I think that's done just so the um, public will get a little bit about a UFO. But it's always at the end, the newscaster will say, well, you know, I saw this and I, it turned out to be a giant Snoopy balloon. <laughs> you know, There's a lot of disinformation out there. You know, they don't really want the whole world to know that they're real. Yeah, there is. It's true. Yeah, very true. Very true. You know, it, it almost, I know that, that we've got, you know, now that there's MUFON out there that you can call and you can report a sighting to, and, and that's that's actually great that there's that resource, even though a lot of people don't know about it. So, you know, you almost wonder how many people have actually seen a UFO, genuinely have seen one, and have no idea that they've actually seen one, because they're not, like you said, who are you going to call? I think well, it you're happens right. a lot more often than anybody really thinks. Ghostbusters! That's what you're going to call it. Come <laughs> and, on. and here's something I bet you've not thought about, too. I don't know if y'all um, have read any recent research on hologram technology, but they are able, UFOs are able to disguise themselves. They can disguise themselves as any object they want to. Um, I saw a YouTube video the other day from Japan. And I watched it, and it was really cool. It looked like, well, it was a, a Japanese family, and they were standing on a white platform. And this video, it's amazing. Yes, and out in front of them, there were three killer whales that just came up out of the water and dived down in front of them, and they would swim around, and it, and it looked like they had their little child, you know, reach out to touch one of them. And I thought, man, that's dangerous. Why are they doing that? And then... They had a polar bear get up out of the water and roll over on its stomach. And that's when I knew Crystal. I thought, oh, this is, this is hologram. Yeah. It was the most convincing thing I've yeah. ever seen. Oh, yeah. So if, if the Japanese can do this and the United States, you know, we've been able to do it for quite a while because in the music industry, uh, everybody knows uh, Tupac. You know, he right. passed away. But there are some great videos using hologram technology with Tupac and other singers. So it they is did, not uh, Michael Jackson. Michael like Jackson. That, right? yeah. yeah. So if they have this technology, don't you think that um, the extraterrestrials who are light years advanced from us, don't you think they know how to do this kind of stuff? So a lot of Likely. times. Yeah, that's you're amazing looking. and creepy because you, you just think that like there is UF. Is there an alien in my room right now? Am I looking at my globe on my bookshelf or are they watching me? It's that predator oh. shimmer. Don't don't uh uh for I hear that predator <laughs> sound. I am out. I'm not playing. Nope. Don't mess around with that. <laughs> uh -uh. Well, you know, there's a lot of scientists that believe in multiverses, which means that we may be living. We might be like in simultaneous uh, different places all at once, or we might be in, there might be other dimensions in our space, but they move at such an advanced speed and so fast that we can't see them. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff out there, and just never say never, because just when you think it, it couldn't happen, it will. Look at Star Trek. You know, they've invented phasers, y'all, phasers. They've invented Where is um, my lightsaber. Where yeah. is it? And they have also invented the 3D printers, which can print food, pizzas, houses. I still don't understand that. Do you guys? 
The 3D printer is amazing. Well, it's, it's I, I watched cool. a video of them making a car with that 3D printer, and I was just someone's wow. already done a car with. They make 3D a gun with them, even. Yes. Yeah, but you know, but they have it. Well, there are metal printers, and then there are plastic printers. So, um, yeah, you can make a, you can make a 3D metal gun as well too. Uh, but they've already made a car, except for the engine and the tires. Uh, they've already made a car out of a 3D printer. So yeah, I saw oh. that. That was very interesting. Yeah. So if you look at all the advanced technology that the United States has and that is worldwide, if we have these technologies and they are just coming out with them publicly, then our government has known about them for years and years and years. I mean, you look, look at the stealth, the stealth plane. You know, they knew about that in the 50s, but it didn't come out till much later towards, you know, the end of uh, in the 70s and 80s, I believe. But. There's a lot of things out there that we see that we don't really understand exactly what it is. And the sky is where you can see most of that. I saw a well, – I, I didn't know – the water. We, we should also be not just looking up, but apparently we should be looking down as well. That's true. Yes, that's true. I've been reading a lot about underground bases, and um, they have a lot of technology you know, involved with that because – you know, look at look at the Earth. I mean, it's ninety um, percent water. There's a lot of water out there, although it's getting you know pretty polluted, you know, from Fukushima and stuff. But there's a lot of place places for people to do stuff and have um, underground societies. Uh, I've read that there is a system that can take people in the United States to these underground bases without ever being seen. And who pays for all this? We do. <laughs> we do. Yes, we do. Yeah. Of course. So, Deborah, have you? Did you have another experience after that night? Have you seen? Have oh, you seen yes. those? Oh my goodness! Tell us. Well, this is this is one of the important ones that I'm connected with. My parents live. Uh, they moved. You know, after we had that sighting, they moved to a home in uh, closer to Withful, Virginia. Okay, in. 1987, my parents, they uh, for entertainment, they had a police scanner, you know. And if you've ever lived in the country, there's not a whole lot to do. So they just <laughs> like to listen to it because in the wintertime and the snow, snow and ice was really bad, you know, they would talk about, you know, don't go on this road, it's bad. Or, you know, they would do a lot of stuff, you know, talk to people, you know, tell them not to go out and things like that. So they would listen to it. And my father, one night, he said um, he heard our little dog barking, okay, and uh, so he got up to go downstairs. And he said as he started to go down the steps, they lived in a split level, he said something told him to not go down there. He said, I wasn't afraid. Now, my, my dad is like six foot six. He's a big tall guy. I've never been afraid of anything. He said, something told me not to go. He said, and then the next thing I knew, he said, I woke up the next morning. And um, he went downstairs. It was in October. And he said, first thing I did, he said, I didn't even have breakfast. I put my boots on. He said, and I walked down to the end of the field. Okay. Now, when you have a frost on, if you've got anything that's laying on the ground and it is a big frost, you can pick that up. And 
the grass will be untouched will be a different color. And um, if it's a really hard frost, you know, it can actually, you know, kill some of the grass and everything. Yeah. Well, he went down to the bottom, and there was a triangle-shaped markings, like in each corner. It was it was actually shaped like a kidney bean, as big as, say, um, a watermelon. That's how big the little kidney bean shapes were. But altogether, it was three points in a triangle shape that all connected. So my father thought, was something... Did something land in my field and it frosted and that's why the grass is a different color in those areas? Because he said all three of the marks were perfectly identical. There were no tracks going to it or going away from it. So he thought that was quite odd. And um, he told my mother about it. And uh, she said, but didn't you listen last night? said, you must have been asleep. But she had been listening to... The scanner and in Withful, there were over 40 or 50 um, calls about seeing unidentified objects in the sky close to a mall. Uh, several different places, there were different shapes and sizes. So my dad said, well, that's kind of weird because now that makes me wonder what those marks are down in the field. So they called um, no, first they showed the neighbor. The neighbor came over, and my dad actually got a big ladder and got up on the ladder and took photographs of it because you couldn't see how big it was from the ground. You had to get up above it. So he photographed it. The neighbor looked at it. The neighbor said, I think you should call the newspaper. He said, I think this is connected with a lot of things, you know, because they had a scanner too. He said, I think you should call. So they did. Um a lot of people came to look at it. The, then one day, it was just a few days later, two men came that said they were from a newspaper that my parents hadn't heard of. They wanted to go out there and look at the marks and take pictures and some soil samples. And they said, well, yeah, we're going to write an article. And they asked for a lot of information and stuff. And um, they said it'll be out in the paper and we'll let you know. Well, my parents never heard from those people again, never heard from them. But what they found out was that up for two or three weeks after that, there were still continued reports in Withful. And Danny Gordon, which was a newscaster on WYVE radio station, um, had received a call from a sheriff. And he got told, he said, well... I want you to do a little token show. That's what they called it, a little token show just, you know, for amusement, that we've been having a lot of UFO sightings. And um, he said, well, okay. So he did that, and he, at the end, just like you guys do on this show, they asked for people to call in. They had so many people call in and say that they saw these UFOs, that it, uh, their lines were totally, you know, just... They, nobody else could call because it took down, you know, it just wiped everything out. So Danny decided to get one of his friends in the sheriff's department and go out and see if he could see this UFO. Well, they weren't disappointed. They took a camera and film. They, um, the first time they saw it, they had pulled over on the side of the road because 
they thought, well, should we go up this road? They were just talking about where to go. And then they saw a UFO the size of a football field. And then they saw a smaller UFO that was just orb-shaped go to it and disappear within the larger one. Wow. They actually got That's photographs. big. Oh, they got pictures? That's big. That's big. They got pictures. Okay. And Where are so, those pictures now? Well, they have some of them, but here's, here's what happened. They went to, also went to a mall. They saw a sighting there. A school bus with children pulled up. The kids in the bus saw. Um, so Danny called Washington. He called Washington. He called the Pentagon. He told everybody he had these pictures of the UFOs. So he had um, a friend of his named Roger Hall, and he was a commercial pilot, came over to visit him again, and they went out with video cameras. They also got some video footage. And this time, the object was the size of two football fields in length. They could see three windows on the craft. They could see a light coming from the inside. And they were shocked, but they even saw other smaller crafts, like before, moving towards the ship. So at this point, Danny was actually terrified. So he had called people from the Pentagon and received a call back. And they wouldn't tell their name, except that they were with the federal government. And that... They warned him. They said, you've got to stop talking about this because all I can say is what you saw is none of ours. We don't have anything like that. So Danny had a visit from, quote, we now know they were the men in black, the same people that went to my parents' house. They asked to see uh, the UFO pictures and took down his story and everything. Well, Danny got asked to go to, I believe it was Wilmington, um, to do a UFO conference. When he came back, he had took a few pictures with him. But when he came back, his house was ransacked and the rest of the pictures and video were gone. Wow. That's yes. nothing unusual. So, you know. Nothing unusual. Well, the same thing. You know, my parents had taken photographs. They had a visit from somebody from a newspaper. And um, my mom, you know, showed them the pictures as well. And she had thrown, my dad had took the pictures and they had put them in a bottom drawer, you know. And um, it was probably a year later, dad said, hey, go get those pictures. I, I want to show my brother. Go up there and get them. So mom went to look for them and they were gone. They were gone from the drawer. And she said, that's funny. I can't find them. I don't know what happened to them. And my dad, you know, he said, well, I guess we must have put him someplace else that we forgot. But my mom, now you got to know my mom. She's a big hair woman. She's a little tiny, tiny person, but she had the big hair. She carried a big pocketbook. <laughs> in her pocketbook were the negatives down in a little zippered pouch that she had put them there and forgot about them. So I have those original pictures of the landing site. And... They're on my Facebook page and um, notes from the underground and um, with a lot of my stuff. So 
that is obviously, I think my father was abducted that night. And um, Did he ever account for that lost time at all? Did he have any other... Like any markings or anything on him, or just well, kind of he he did have he, he did have this. He had to have surgery on his nasal cavity, and the doctor told him. He said, "I don't know when this happened to you or how it was in there, but he said something was encapsulated in gristle." He said, "He said you had tissue around it." He said, "I don't know." what exactly it was, but you've had this. He said it had to have been in there when you were a teenager. And that's all he said. So he took took that out of my father's nasal cavity. Uh, my grandmother even talked about seeing, you know, this, she was born in 1901, and she would talk about, well, hey, don't go up to uh, the barn, you know, towards the evening because I saw a round bouncing ball, light thing, she said, and it sort of scared me. So I think my family is one of those families that have a history of abductions. And the last sighting that I had was in 1990. This was in North Carolina. My son and my husband were coming back home from um, a trip to town. And a mile from my house, they looked over a grouping of trees and saw a large triangle-shaped UFO that was black. It was hovering probably 500 feet off of the ground, and they could see like a window, like light coming from the windows and movement. So they ran to the house and got me, and um, when I went up there, it was joined by two others. Um, they had One of them was a little different. It wasn't triangle. It had sort of a different shape to it, and the other one was farther away. I couldn't tell if it was disc or or around because it, it glowed more than the others. But we followed those for about a mile until they stopped. And one on the left and one on the right, they just took off at 90-degree de- angles, like in two seconds they were gone. The next day in the newspaper, there was reports of over, over 35 sightings of UFOs within a four-county radius. And... Later, they had an article by George Fawcett, which was a leading ufologist, you know, back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And he wrote about the report. So those objects were never identified. And once again, it was close to my home. So I can't help but think that there is a history of abduction in our family. That's why I do this. This is, I've talked to many abductees. I've interviewed, gosh probably hundreds, and none of them ever say, hey, I had a great experience. (laughs) You know, it was wonderful. It was just I had a good time, and I remember everything, and, you know, they we traded recipes. They don't say that. Most abductees say I was taken against my will. I don't remember things. Um, I had forced medical procedures. And I, I do know that there are star seeds out there, and a star seed is someone who thinks all of extraterrestrials are space brothers. But I do believe this. I do believe that they are able to implant screen images sometimes into abductees to make them more pliable or to make them more agreeable with the things that they need to get done. 
So I want to give people a voice. Abductees, they get no medical help. It's not recognized in the medical community. I mean, Dr. John Mack, who has passed away, he was a uh, therapist who interviewed lots of abductees and, and did recognize it as not a disorder, but something that really happened. But as far as today, if I was to go in and get an appointment with a psychiatrist and say, well, hey, I've been abducted and I believe in UFOs, they're going to be prescribing me some major medication. (laughs) Well, at least you get the good stuff. (laughs) Yeah, they probably do. They probably do. But, you know, for the most part, some of the abductees that I've spoken with, they have suffered for years with not being able to sleep with flashbacks, and more significantly with post-traumatic stress syndrome. And I don't know if any of you are familiar with that, but it's really horrible. Uh, Our um, military guys suffer from that. And you can open a can of soda, and these abductees, they will jump. They startle. They don't sleep at night. A lot of them, their families uh, break up. Their wives or husbands leave them. Uh, I've even had um, an abductee who had her children taken away from her because the husband used it to say she was mentally uh, deficient. Wow. So that seems a shame. That seems a shame. No, there's definitely not a lot of help for for abductees that have had these, these, uh, these really traumatic experiences. That uh, that is for sure. Now, Deborah, you you've also written some books on the subject, have you not? Well, I, I have actually written paranormal books, which are are fiction books. But I have two books that are coming out. That one is my, the story of my abduction that will be completed in a few weeks, and another one is a um, it's called Truth Based Fiction. It is called Dust. And it is about uh, alien technology that will be out in a few months. But I do help other abductees write books and, um, well, not actually write them, but coach them and help them go through the process and give them recommendations. And recently I have helped uh, an abductee by the name of Derek Tyler get his book ready for publication, and it's called Alien Contact, The Difficult Truth. i tell you one thing. When you're in radio, people sometimes come out of the woodwork to contact you because they need a voice and they pick you. Have any of you guys ever had that happen? Somebody yeah. call and say, this has happened to me. I've never told anybody, and I want you to know. Yep, that happens to me a lot on my Facebook. I have my Sublimity Close Encounter Facebook uh it, I get a lot of people writing in there uh, just who don't know anything about uh, MUFON or anything, but just seen my page, seen my what I had seen, and said, hey, this looked like something I had seen. I read your encounter, and then they start explaining this huge encounter that happened to them, and, and they're, they're as amazing as the others. So uh, and they just don't know where to go, and all those people, I've actually had to direct them to MUFON, and, and uh, so, yeah, exactly, you know, it's just people wandering around and yeah they they they're sort of like where to go yeah they don't know where to go and i actually um had a man contact me from the netherlands and he was 89 years old and he said i listened to your show he said and you were talking about orbs 
He said, back when I was a child, he said, I was nine years old. I went every day to the fields with my mother and father. And he said, one morning we went around a bend in the forest and we looked up and we saw three orb-shaped lights that were hovering close to the field. He said, my father grabbed me. He said, after we stared for a few minutes, he grabbed me and he said, we can't go to the field today. And he said, we went home. And, my, and when I tried to ask my father about it, he said, never speak about this. Don't talk about it. And he said, so I never did. He said, I've never told anyone all these years. But he said, back in 19, he said, back in 1932, I saw a UFO. And he said, I've always wanted to come out and, and tell somebody about that. And wow. yeah. And so people keep this internalized for years and years. That's why you see a lot of deathbed confessions from people, um, you know, well, in the military and even CIA agents or retired FBI. You see a lot of that. They keep it their whole life, but when they're on their deathbed, they know they're going to die anyway. They come out and they they get it off their shoulders because it's a heavy weight to bear. Yeah. That, that it is. You know, it was hard for me because I come from a small town. You know, I was a Sunday school teacher. Um, I knew everybody. Everybody knew me. And uh, when I would start talking about it, they would sort of cut me that sideways glance like, oh, one of those. One of those nutcases that you see on the National <laughs> Enquirer. Uh-huh. And I was quick to educate them. And tell them that Dr. Ecker Mitchell, who recently passed away, Dr. I mean Gordon Cooper, who was an astronaut, Robert Salas, who was you know um, in the military, all of these people. I mean, there's hundreds of people like this with great credentials that have not been announced as crazy by anyone. Actually, our government has not um, said. I have not ever heard anything bad said about Dr. Ecker Mitchell. I mean, he's an American hero. And Gordon Cooper, who saw UFOs, all of these people came out and spoke at the Citizens Hearing for Disclosure about what they saw and about what our government knows. So the response of the government is the same as usual these days, and that's silence. But you know what? Silence can mean guilty, too. Oh, yeah. You can tell a lot by what somebody does not say. So Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Sure. That's why I'm keeping well, quiet. We all know they know about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you when you ask presidents, well, look when they asked Obama, he said, "I can neither confirm or deny." <laughs> all right, that says guilty to me. That says guilty. You know, if somebody asked me, "Well, do you do you like pizza or do you hate pizza?" You know, if I liked it, I'd say, yeah, I like it. But if you don't say neither, then you're probably guilty. You do like it, and you just don't want everybody to know that you like pizza. <laughs> so what's wrong with the truth? What is wrong with the truth? I think we can handle it. If we can handle the horrific stuff about... Uh, well, according to Jack Nicholson, we can't handle the truth. Oh, he's wrong. He's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, haven't you guys heard some really horrible, nasty stuff on the news? Like, I know I heard like a year ago about 
you know, you hear about the zombie uh, apocalypse. This guy just walked up to another guy and started chowing down on his face. And oh, bath salts. Oh, them bath salts. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, everybody oh, wants to take part in bath salts. And I thought, oh, my God, that's the most horrible thing I've ever heard. Let's it's all take a party horrible. in the bath salts. Yeah. I thought, oh, my God, this is horrible. And so I'm, I'm thinking, if you were in a room and it was totally dark and you knew a bear was in that room, would you want to know or would you just want to stumble around and hope you didn't run into the bear? Well, I would want to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think there's. We're, we're never going to get disclosure, not not from the government. It's going, you know, it's going to be from from alternative sources. Et well, is going to come home himself and uh, come back. Et come home. He's going to well, take a we, vacation again. That's what I mean. He's going to take a vacation again, and he's going to come here and reveal himself, maybe. Well, the thing about it is, we are the disclosure. Abductees are the disclosure. We know. We know that they're real. We know that these experiences are not um, fabricated in our minds. Nobody goes for years uh, and stays awake half the night every night drinking pots of coffee just because it's fun. They do it because they have suffered significant trauma. I have been around these abductees. I've taken their stories. I've interviewed them. You cannot forget the look in their eyes. It's a haunted look. It's a haunted look. And I think with our government denying the existence of extraterrestrials, this, this weighs on your mind. You say, well, gosh, am I crazy? Maybe, maybe I did imagine this. You know, nobody will believe me. Our government doesn't want to give acknowledgement that this possibility is out there. Well, you know, the earth is a precious, precious thing. I don't want the earth to be a sitting duck. I know that NASA has programs. Um, we were talking about hologram, holographic technology. A scientist have, has came up with a way to superimpose a hologram over the Earth. And I thought, well, that sounds stupid. Why would they want to do that? But I finished the article, and they said if they had to hide the Earth from a negative extraterrestrial race, that this is what they would do. And and that opened a can of worms. I thought, well, if extraterrestrials are not to be believed, then why would a scientist spend all that time, money, and get funding from our government to learn how to do something like that? Right. Right, right. Exactly, yeah. You know, that, that type of – I, I was reading that article too. I, you know, skimmed over it, and you know, you wonder because we're now looking into how to do it. How many planets are actually out there? How close could they possibly be that we just can't see? Well, that's true, they're, and just hiding. And would they tell us anyway? Yeah, but you'd see. Gra- there would be gravity distortions because of the planets. Would you they? can't put. You can't I'd use a hologram to to change gravity not the weed planet it's just working itself by itself you don't have any gravity it's just remember oh you don't understand come on well if there if there are you have to think about this too seth if there are multiverses and a lot of scientists that do believe in ufos and stuff say these craft 
come to our planet um, through uh, portals, through wormholes. Um, we have no idea, we have no idea how many worlds out there can be inhabited. There is no way. I don't care how good the Hubble right. telescope is. They can't see into these other universes or these wormholes. And we've we've come a long way since uh, Galileo, you know, looked up at the sky and stuff. But, you know, we're really like the new kids on the block because we're just now discovering galaxies that are bigger than our own, galaxies upon galaxies and, uh, you know, places in space that don't make any sense. Uh, Crystal, did you read about a system that supposedly had an artificial covering around it, like some kind of strange structure around this It's called a Dyson sphere. Well, I thought, well, what's the explanation about that? You know, that's not a naturally occurring thing in our universe. Alan, one more time. What's it called? A Dyson sphere. It was originally proposed by a scientist by the name, I believe it's Miles Dyson, that um, a civilization that is intelligent enough and has been around long enough can literally create, in order to harness the power of a sun, uh, can literally create a sphere far enough out in their version of a Goldilocks zone that it could actually encompass the entire sun and provide um, Harness the technology of the sun. Yes. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. That's amazing. See, every you know, every time I I hear you know those type of articles or science has this you know amazing breakthrough where they you know they disprove something that they thought they believed or, or you know the case may be, it just goes to show that you know we have no idea what the is out there or, or yeah is capable of you know you know if we can hide a planet what's to say you couldn't mess with gravity or, or do something that or other you know we you, you know w said we are the new kids on the block we are we are the babies we are just now getting caught up to what is possible and i don't think we've even scratched the surface i don't think we're the babies there don't forget there are civilizations that are younger than us i'm sure out there that are just developing sure. or crawling out of the primordial sure. soup if you want to call it that Absolutely. Okay. uh, You know, they've never really been able to connect. You know, we have the dinosaur period, you know, where supposedly all the dinosaurs were wiped off the earth by a comet or meteor or something. But yet they have found what they call the missing link. You know, Lucy was the original of what they said was the missing link. But they have found something that has predated Lucy. And I'm thinking... We have no idea how old the Earth is because, face it, everything that has been alive on this Earth is still on this Earth. Everything that has lived and died is still on this planet. They find all the time um, civilizations down under layers of dirt and dust. Um, They found something in Syria, I believe, and they say that it's a pyramid. And I'm thinking, Syria had pyramids, really? But, you know, over the years, you know, the dust and debris and all that stuff, you know, it slowly starts covering stuff up over thousands and thousands of years. God only knows what's underneath underneath the Antarctic ice. Exactly, exactly. That's why they study it. 
Well, don't forget the Parisi map, which was written yep. somewhere in the 1600s, actually shows Antarctica without um, without the ice, ice shelf. Without it. Yeah, yeah. That, that's uh, – I almost think Antarctica is like the place where the smoking gun is. Like if somebody could actually get there. I mean because it's like probably like – I've place. always wondered if if that's where Jimmy Hoffa's bones are there. <laughs> and... <laughs> So, so deep, know. Chris. So deep. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've heard that there is a underground base in Antarctica. Oh, yeah. You know, General Bird went up there, and you all know that story, and you know about the disappearance and all the stuff that went on. But who knows? Who knows uh, what all is on this planet? The planet might be flat, for all we know. No. Well, <laughs> that, 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 yeah, that's, that's where I draw the line. I'm drawing the line. Are we really going to go through that one again? <laughs> yeah, really? there are some people, though, Angel, that do believe that the Earth is flat. Flat Earth oh, society. Yeah. Yep, yep, they're, we, they're out there. We've had some of those people, those interesting conversationalists, um, with their perspectives. Well, and I don't know what to say about those people because I actually I booked guests for another show one time, and um, I found someone. I thought, well, gosh, they've got a terrific website. They have. I mean, one of the most phenomenal-looking books. I mean, the cover was great. I read uh, the synopsis. The synopsis was fantastic. Had a huge following of friends and had did other radio shows. And I thought, wow, this would be a great guest. So I told the other host, I said, I found somebody, and he seems really good. And so I gave him the referral, and he contacted him and everything. And on the day of the radio show... I was Google. I decided, well, I'm going to Google him to see if I can find out anything else about him. So I did, and I found a previous paper he wrote. Now, I kid you not, this person said that an alien had channeled their entire history to him over a couple of hundred years. And this alien female had told them, that there was a big battle on Earth, and it was fought by Bigfoot and Greys in saucers, and the, <laughs> that they that they came, and there was a big battle, and and these were the two that you know did all the fighting. Okay, so I quickly called my other host up and I said, just speak with him a few minutes and tell him you're interested in some of his other stories because he had some parts of his research that were good. But that part was off the loop. And the other host, he's very astute. And even though he told him not to bring it up, well, the guest did. So of course. the host said, where's your proof? And where did you get this evidence? And how did you confirm it? And you know what? All he could say was, they channeled it to me. They channeled it to me. Maybe it's time to change the channel. <laughs> right, right. And so, being, well, in all fairness, all religious works are made through channeling, including the well, Bibles. You know, a lot of that stuff is channeled. Well, well that and Dead you know, Sea Scrolls was. Idea. Well, you know, for some things in the Bible, there is significant evidence that it happened. Right. And same thing with the Mahabharata and the Bhagavad Gita, and you know. God bless you. But not only that, <laughs> uh, channeling is actually involved in a lot of uh, historical works besides just not only the Bible, but. Um, the Mormon religion, pretty much was uh, you know the John Smith came up with it, with the whole thing through channeling into a hat. Right, 
and I won't even comment on religion. I will stay out of that because uh, I, I want to comment, in, but stay out of it. That's I just grew up in the me. Bible Belt, and I, I can yeah, tell you, you my opinion. I can tell you my opinion about many different religions, but the way I look at it, religions have been. I'm not saying true religion. I, I count that as something different. But a lot of religions on this earth have been used to control, manipulate, and to keep human beings captive. Yeah, we've had and, that conversation before on this show. Agreed. And yep. I was going to say about channeling, I channel Elvis every day when I'm in the shower. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And uh, you should hear him. Yeah, but that's Elvis Costello, not oh. Elvis Presley. You're wrong Elvis. Well, I'll, see, I'll channel him, too. I'll, 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 I'll channel him, too. I'll channel little Michael well, hey, Jackson. I like, you know? I like Elvis. And I, no. have heard, I have heard people. I have heard people. Uh, for instance, I was with a friend not too long ago. And all of a sudden, they started singing a song. Okay? And... They sounded. They were singing a Neil Young song, which is one of my favorite. I love Neil Young. I went. I looked at this person. I went, "Oh my God, how did you sound just like Neil Young?" And he said, "I don't know. I was just trying to channel him, and I did." And you know, you do got a heart of gold. I have to. I have to say. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Mm-hmm, no problem. Yeah, I, I like you, Chris. We had a great conversation yeah, today. Yeah. And I, I learned something. I learned something from Chris. And uh, we were talking about, um, I was telling Chris that one thing, you know, it takes you a whole life to find out what you're good at, you know. And one of the things that I'm good at is recognizing patterns and similarities and putting pieces of puzzles together, even though they might be 10, 15, or 20 years apart. Well, I had a near-death experience in 2006, okay? And ever since I had that near-death experience, something was different about me. It seems like, at first I couldn't put my finger on it, but then after a while, I would do things. uh, Have you ever did something and it made the hair stand up on your arms or witness something that made you get like, they call it high strangeness. Have any of you experienced anything like that? Heard of, not experienced. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, if you feel something that's totally out of the box, you know, or just really weird or sometimes scary makes you do that. Well, I started noticing things like I would be in a room and I felt like somebody just passed by me. And one time I was in a room, and it was almost like I knew I wasn't by myself, but I could see there was nobody in the room. Well, out of the corner of my eye, I saw a small uh, flash about the size of a 50-cent piece. And I was sitting there chatting with another person, and I thought, I should mention that I saw some kind of weird light up in the corner of the room here, but nah. I'm not going to, <laughs> you know, no, your to, imagination. That's all. Yeah. Trying to make a good impression, you know, so I didn't say anything, but that very night, uh, there was an abduction attempt on me and this and the other person later told me that he had the same thing. So and it was, attempt. can you go into how did, how did it, ha- like, how did well, it not, like, well, yeah, give us some details. Tell us. Okay. Well, what happened was um, I had woke up, and I was turned to my left, and um, 
I thought, something feels different in here. I don't know what it is, but I thought, man, I'm still tired, so I'm going to go to sleep. So I turned over uh, to the other side to look towards the window, you know, had some shades up, and I thought, maybe it's, is it daylight or is it still in the middle of the night, you know, because I didn't have a clock, a visible clock. And so I turned over to see if there was light coming in the window or something. And when I turned over, you know, it was um, not quite morning. I think it was, uh, it looked like it was around five or six just before daybreak. And when I did, I immediately felt pulled from my body. Um, I felt something pulling on me. I tried, I felt alarmed, panicked. I tried to move my arm to get up or to scream. I could not do nothing. I could not do a thing at all. So I'm laying there trying to force my foot to move, trying to force my hand to move. My eyes are open. I can see, I can see some darkness, but um, at that point, I closed my eyes. I closed my eyes back, or I thought that I closed my eyes. So I'm thinking, what can I do? I felt it was just like when I died in the operating room. I, my consciousness lifted out of my body. I was looking down at myself on the operating table. I could hear my daughter. The nurse went out to tell my daughter that I had expired. And I could hear my daughter crying and praying for me. And uh, that's how it felt. It felt like my consciousness was leaving my physical body. Well, the next thing I know, um, I saw something in front of me that had a round object pointed at me. And there was a dark figure, sort of a hood, not really a hooded, but a dark form behind it. And I felt such panic. I knew immediately if this thing took me with it that I would be harmed in some way. So I tried to think, oh, my God, what do I do? What do I do? I, I tried to fall off the bed. I tried to force myself to roll off the bed so I would hit the floor. I tried to do anything. I thought if I can just get my body to move, I'll be okay. Well, I remembered um, what another abductee told me one time. He said, try to scream. Try to make a sound with your Throat, even if it's a slight moan, anything, if there's somebody around close to you, they'll hear that. Tell everybody, if you're staying somewhere, tell them if they hear you doing this to come in and shake you and wake you up. So that's what I started doing. It took me probably 10 seconds to be able to get out a sound. But the person in the other room came in there and grabbed me and shook me. And got me out of it, and I immediately started screaming. I said, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, they almost got me. But it was a long time before I was in such shock. It was a long time before I could calmly think, what was that? Or who was that? It wasn't a gray alien. It wasn't. It didn't. I could not see any kind of short figure. It was taller like a human so I actually think it was a military abduction attempt and that was horrific because I know I sat awake for a long time after that just in terror in terror that something like that could happen to a human being so things like this 
you know, I don't think if I if I hadn't have had that near death experience, I don't think I would be aware of all these other things. But I later found out, like a week later, I was reading research by Eve Lorgan, and she was talking about abductees, and she said many abductees report seeing a small flash in the corner of the room. And I thought, oh, my God, I did see that small flash. And I went on to read that sometimes these things, beings, entities, or whatever you want to call them, can come through portals in your space, and they can go in and out at will. So that right there told me, you're not living in Mayberry anymore. (laughs) That a lot of these things that are so off the wall with abductees are actually real things that have happened to them. Let me ask you a question, Deborah. You you said that you, you felt like this abduction was a military one, and then you saw the flash. So do you think that maybe that has something to do with the way that the military conducts their abductions? Maybe it's not a, an extraterrestrial thing, but maybe it's some kind of technology? It's some kind of technology because they pointed an object at me that um, a couple of people, I don't want to say a lot about that because that's in my book, but a couple of people that have worked with covert technology have told me identified what they had pointed at me. That's like the men in black when they point the little thing at you. Remember? Never seen the yeah, men in ex- black? They point the little thing at you. Oh, and yeah. But, but neuralizer. This was big. Neuralizer. Oh. Okay. That's what this was big. This was the size of a basketball. The end of it was. It was large at the end and it narrowed back. And uh, I had no idea. You know, after a while, I thought, well, why were they pointing that object at me? But I think that's what they were using to paralyze me. And if you think that they would tell us about this stuff, well, think again. I read an article the other day that had the top 20 secret programs that America did uh, and that we didn't know about till years later. You know, like the Mortar Project, Project Bluebeam. I mean, there's tons of them. And in five or six, I read the same thing it said the CIA decided the public did not need to know. Oh, they do that all the time. They yeah, do it, that it, all it's, the time. It's, it's always funny to me when people are, are shocked by that because, I mean, those are projects that were confirmed that actually happened. Exactly. So it's almost like people hear about it and think, oh, they wouldn't do something like that again. Or I don't, I don't even know what people think when they hear about that because a lot of that stuff was really fucked up. It was, it was well, look up what they did to people. Look what they did to black American men. They injected them with syphilis to test to see about sterility. They um, they have targeted groups of people. They targeted women. They've actually there was a group of women pro- protesters protesting something uh, that concerned the federal government, and it turns out later that they used microwave technology on those um, people protesting to make them sick and go home. All right? Um, They're using these things to manipulate, control, just like we're cattle, like we have no mind. And that is what is so wrong about, I mean, I appreciate being protected. You know, we don't have to worry. I mean, we haven't got invaded by other places or anything, you know, because, United States is a very strong force to reckon with. I mean, for now, there, 
Yeah, there's a Norse map that shows all the cyber attacks. We get over a million cyber attacks a day. I produce what? another Yes, we do. More than that, I produce another show and General Michael Flynn was on there, which is the former um I think he was the Department of Defense at the White House. Um we interviewed him. He said, yes, every day there are millions and millions of attacks. And uh, you can look up the Norse map if it's still functioning. I know it was down for a while, but the United States gets the majority of attacks, mostly California, Seattle, and I think it was Idaho. So in these, these countries, they're after our technology, they're after our defense system, they are after our banking. China does a lot of them. China, it not only shows these attacks, but it shows where they're coming from. And the majority are from China, you know, which we know well, China's not really our friend. Who runs, who runs the site where you can go and see all these attacks? It was, I think it's Norse, N-O-R-S-E, but um, I will post it on notes from the. Uh, I believe all that, but we'll see. We'll see. I think they like. I think they like keeping us in a constant state of duck and cover. But I, I know. I know we. I know we definitely get them. I don't know. That's that's a really big number. So, and I think that data is easily manipulatable. So. Uh, well, yeah, yeah and, and anyway, for this to come from, are much more fun to talk about. They are. And for this to come from someone who worked at the White House, who was in charge of our uh, cyber terrorism, I was quite shocked. And I thought, well, you don't see that in the news every day. So even though you can find these sites that shows the attacks and stuff, you know, it's not some things are deliberately kept out of the public media, all because of Orson Welles. (laughs) All his fault, yep. Oh, it's all his fault. He called it. And from that panic, hey, we've been suffering ever since. <laughs> I, well, they like he but see, I, I don't blame Orson Welles. They like that. They, they have nothing, only themselves to blame for this constant state of panic. Only themselves to blame. Deborah, have you talked to a lot of abductees that, that you think have experienced, you know, a, a military style abduction? And kind of what are the differences between that and extraterrestrial one? Have you seen any? Uh, Will, I've actually spoken to James Bartley, who is the leading researcher on my labs. Um, Not only was he an an abductee, but he was in the Navy. He had security clearance. He worked on some very secretive projects. Um, He has experienced many abductions, what they call, it's my labs for short for military I've spoken with Derek Tyler, whose um, book I've been helping him work on. His is coming out. He's experienced military abductions. And information in his book that was disclosed to him from an officer at the Pentagon, okay, the information that was given that a lot of the abductions that go on these days are not from extraterrestrials, that they're from covert military projects. Uh, I was on Solaris um, Blue Raven show, who most of you know, if you're friends with her, that she suffered a horrible mind control project and was manipulated uh, into, um, let's see, what is it they call it? The Super Soldiers Program, which is also something that our military has guarded 
for years, but it's also something that they're working on right now. So experiencing that myself, I know that it happens. They use these people uh, because they have remote viewing um, capabilities or it's very well known that if you've been abducted, your um, empathic or psychic abilities increase and that these things are used by our military to spy on other people and other countries. Do you think that maybe the military is picking up people who have had an extraterrestrial experience because yes. of maybe? Yes. I don't know how they find out, but many researchers tell me this. That shortly after people are abducted, they're also investigated by the military. And so that tells me something. And a lot of the UFO sightings, they will report they saw F-16s in pursuit. I mean, we know what comes in our airspace. We can see it if it's visible. I was going to say something. You know, one thing that I've heard, I heard this from from a couple – uh, abductees is that uh, when they were abducted, the one thing that that they could they could hear was, and maybe I don't know if you've heard this too, is is the moving, the shuffling of the feet. Though uh, they couldn't move around, they 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 couldn't get up, they couldn't move. But what they could hear, and what they could hear is the shuffling of little feet, a pitter pattering little feet moving around them, all within like if they're on the craft. And um, so, you know, have you ever heard about that that same thing? I've heard that for two different experiences, and and um, which I guess you know would make make sense. I said there's not much on these crafts, but it looks pretty plain Jane and all that. So, be like kind of you know hearing a dog walk on the floor or something, you know. And, well, most of the people that I spoke with, they never reported hearing any sound except the sound spoken telepathically by the uh, abductors. And any I mean, clicking, any any sounds of them trying to, or, or hear them talking to each other, uh, or them maybe uh, with any type of tone, like clicking tones or anything, because, you know, we've, we've heard about this, about the ETs being able to talk and communicating with each other in, 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 in clicking tones. Well, I've actually heard the reptilian race use clicking tones that they're, Voices basically are guttural and they make sounds like that that don't sound like our human words and that um, they do uh, communicate with each other. But I've never really had anybody say they heard them any differently other than telepathically. And especially greys. Greys, you know, always speak that way. But from what I've heard... I don't think I've ever had anybody tell me that they an extraterrestrial opened their mouth and spoke actual language out loud. Yeah. Well, there's uh yeah, it was it's the case of um of a guy that had an encounter with actually with an orb. I, I couldn't give A to Z details. Maybe Angel knows more about it. And uh, he was able to hear them talk. He went out, and grabbed the grabbed like the a stick or something, or I don't know what it was, went out in the yard when he seen him in there out in the front yard or something. And then he said he could over, we need this one. We need Nancy here. Bill Burns here to explain it because he's got it all down, but he could hear them talking uh, to each other, clicking back and forth. 
And um, so it was, yeah. But I had never heard that either. I had always, always heard just a telepathic. And, well, I figure if you're that far ahead in advance, that's the only way you'd be doing it anyway. So True. But. I found the site that has our cyber attacks on it, and it's norsecorp.com. That's N-O-R-S-E-C-O-R-P.com. I posted it on my notes from the Underground Facebook page. And okay. if you leave it on for a few minutes, you'll see how many attacks are going on all over the world. And Norse is not the only site that does this. There are some other sites, too, that you can look up that are more specific. But you can just sit and watch this, and you'll be amazed at how much the United States is attacked, actually more than any other country in the world. So, yeah, it's surprising. And you know, these countries, they want our technology. We are leading in technology over anyone. I mean, why else would they have all this secrecy? Um, everybody's heard about people spotting the triangle-shaped crafts. Well, you know, we have a TRB, a TRB-7, I believe it's called. You know, and that's one of ours. That's one of ours. So... I think a lot of the UFO craft that has been studied or the ones that have crashed that we back-engineered, I think we've duplicated them. In fact, I know we have. Um, Bob Lazar, you know, he saw all of those uh, different models of UFOs, and that was his job. And I, for one, believe Bob Lazar. You know, nothing yeah. he has said has been disproved other than they said they couldn't find his... Um, his college stuff, I believe. But you know what? What an easy thing to fake. You know, well, go to the college and say, don't say you've also, ever heard of him. Also on this end, anybody that knows what Bob Lazar is doing right now and where Bob Lazar works, he has his own his own uh, nuclear physicist or whatever company or something that this guy is like, owns or runs or part of or something like that so obviously this is a guy with credentials. this is a guy who who has the uh all the credentials uh, that you know i mean it's not a fake by any means and and uh so yeah i believe the bob Lazar story for sure and yeah i do too I, I always think i wonder if that there's a thing when people say oh well, i see the triangle craft and then people like what i had seen was around craft, but then it had the huge glass dome on the top of it, which was gigantic. That glass-looking, diamond-looking dome. But that seemed very alien in the sense because that glass dome was so big that it would be like in the world record book itself, let alone the size of the ship, almost like looked like a mile size to me. But anyway, um, so that's what seemed alien to me. Maybe it couldn't have been alien. Maybe it was the government. And, of course, it's an ET thing. They would never even show if they had something that big. But... Um, just this, the sheer, the size of it was just so amazing that that I uh, really was a world record book in all degrees in every aspect. So that's what always makes me think. Well, are those type of crafts the ones you see with the they report with the big glass dome on them or the big bubble dome on them? Are those the are are those the ET crafts? And then when people see the the triangular one, are those the government craft? You know. Well, I've heard that the ones with the dome are actually ours. And if you see the dome on them, that means they're capable of interdimensional travel. That's yeah. what I've heard. And, and maybe, you know, I'm actually, I'm not too far. Of course, I moved from where I had my encounter at, but I wasn't too far from Boeing. See, I was just up in the air. 
they're just just 200 and probably just 220 miles maybe at the most from the Boeing uh, plant and all that. So by jumping up into the air there, that's nothing. And um, so who's to say that it that it could have been, you know, something of um, you know from them and and not to mention the fact with mountains, mountains everywhere here and well. We heard about them cleaning mountains out and doing work and stuff. So, so why would it be any different? They would they would do it around mountains all around that people wouldn't even suspect, you know. Well, it, a lot of you are familiar if you studied ufology with the Grieta Treaty that Eisenhower signed, and what we did was in exchange for them being able to abduct and experiment on humans. It was supposed to be a specific number for their genetic testing and everything, that they would be able to do that without repercussions and they would give us technology. That was the trade. So if you'll go back in our history, you'll find that uh, not long after that, things started popping up that seemed really advanced, like fiber optic technology. Um, they They actually have a device now that it's like a mirror and you run it over someone's hand and you can see the bones inside their hand. You can see the veins. You can run it in anywhere over their body and basically have an eye into see internal organs and stuff. I mean, there are some things that are so out of the box that it makes Star Trek look like... Um, like rawhide, like, you know, really just like (laughs) archaic. And these technologies are coming out, you know, every day. There is a new kind of uh, water bottle that makes water out of air. Oh, yes. Oh, that's an atmospheric water generator. I've seen those. Right. There are things that are coming out that you have to think, how did anybody come up with this? I mean, look at look at CERN, look at, um, you know, the Collider, look at, you know, does anybody really know what they're trying to do with these things that they cost billions of dollars? And there's, I think, 12 of them now in the world. And why is, on colliders? Yes. And why is anybody, I mean, why are all these other countries so interested in it? If it's just to find out how our universe was created. I mean, there's money and um, they invest money in these technologies because there's a race. These other countries, if the United States does it, then they're going to definitely try to do it too. To Monkey uh, see, monkey do. That's yeah. it. Well, not only that, with the <laughs> yep. lighter, another, another advantage is they'd learn how, to, how the universe works. Uh, they can learn how to harness zero-point energy, which is really the goal of, of these colliders, is to learn how to use the energy in the universe itself, zero-point energy, because that would give us unlimited energy to travel through space without having to refuel once, because it's all around us. Like well, there are power. Boeing already has some of this technology. I have. They've been a, working on it, yeah, for a long time. Yes, they've been working on it, yeah. I have a friend that is a photographer, and I won't say his name, but anyhow, he was able. He would go out every night and photograph things in the sky, and he lived in an area that had a lot of traffic. There was a military base close by. There was also. Um, 
what was rumored was an underground base in the mountains also. Well, he photographed things all the time. It was way out in nowhere. You know, there was houses scattered here and there. But for the most part, you could go out and see a brilliant sky at night. Well, he had a really great camera. I mean, you're talking about hundreds and hundreds of dollars. So he was photographing objects. And some of them he thought, well, you know, this must be an ET craft because it sure doesn't look like an airplane. And he started photographing something. And he used a different filters to look at it. And with one of the filters that he looked at it, he was able to basically, in the image, it showed the heat source within the image. Well, the heat source looked like a turbine engine that was rotating, okay? And there was a, it was actually, he would take, he could take like, I forget how many pictures a second, nine or ten. I mean, it was a lot. I can't even remember exactly. But all of these photos were in sequence. So when he put them together, lined them up, if he went from picture to picture to picture, you could actually see some kind of turbine engine moving and rotating within this object he photographed because it, the program he used picked up the heat source and it changed the color of it. You know, well, so I thought that looks like something, but I don't know what. And so I took that away. And then uh, four months later, I read about Boeing had applied for a patent. And the technology was for a um, craft that used nuclear energy and lasers to create a fuel that was endless, that they could travel anywhere they want to. Okay. Zero point energy. Yep. Right. And so I looked at the photograph of the patent and I took it and I superimposed it over the image that my friend had captured. And guess what? They were 95% accurate. I mean, that's how much in common both these images had. And I thought, well, Boeing just applied for a patent, but they've already had this in action testing it. And that makes sense. I mean, would you apply for a patent for something if you hadn't, you know, tested it? Obviously not, no. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so they already have this technology. They already have it. So that tells me they're using CERN for something else. They're they're doing They're doing other things that we don't know about, but, you know... What makes us, because we're citizens and we're not generals or in the White House, what makes us not have the ability to know the truth? What makes them so important that they can know everything, but us, the citizens of the United States who work, I'm talking about all these programs, they spend millions and billions of dollars on some of the underground bases. They are paid for off the backs of people who have to choose every week between getting their medicine, paying their rent, or having gas for their car. And that is the sad thing. And you can tell that's the social worker coming out of me. And theirs is a sad thing, and that's, I'm one of those guys who live in that sad world. And you know another thing that was the worst sad thing of it all? What, Chris? Is that we've come to an end. Yeah. We've come to an end. It's Dang, 91. this has been it, great. 
Yep. I, all of you guys, I tell you what, it has been a privilege to be able to chat with all of you. I mean, Crystal, Seth, of course, Angel, you know, and uh, talking with you today, Chris, y'all are so well-informed, and it's just been a real pleasure to be able to uh, talk with you guys. Yeah. Well, well love having you on. You're, love you're on the network. It's fantastic. Go ahead, oh, guys. yes. I'm on the network. Yay, me. That's it's called plug, Notes. Plug, plug, plug. It's called Notes from the Underground, and I'm on Thursday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern. And um, I've got a great guest can, coming up tomorrow. It is Dr. Bruce McAbee. Oh, yeah. Before there was Fox Mulder, there was Bruce. <laughs> he studied all of the UFO, um, you know, a lot of the sightings and stuff and did investigations on them. He, you know, of course, has the Ph.D., but he's written several books. He's got two books that we're going to be talking about. And did any of you guys know that he actually um, – briefed President Clinton on the extraterrestrial topic and update. Did y'all know that? Nope. I didn't. Nope. No. Oh, yeah. He sure did. He sure did. So we're going to be talking about some really stuff and some things that you guys haven't heard of. So I hope everybody will tune in tomorrow night. We'll try. Fantastic. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much for being on with us tonight, Deborah. This has been fun. It's been informative. Mm-hmm. It's been a blast. And we will make sure that everybody needs to check out Deborah's show on PSN Radio. Right. Oh, and right. go on yeah. my Facebook page on Notes from the Underground, and you'll find the links to the Norse map and a lot of other stuff. All my social links will be on there. So uh, oh, thanks right. for uh, for a great show, you guys. Yeah. What a great time. And we will, uh, I guess, we'll, talk, we'll see you tomorrow night. And so um, with that, we are out, and next week we will be back for our 420 show, and it will be a big special, I tell you what. I'm going to check that, in, Chris. I won't miss yep. this, okay? Oh, well, you, 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 you might It'll not be the high it. of the year. It will. Well, I yep, can't and wait. I'll even actually be on. able to we'll talk about something really cool by then. <laughs> yep. Well, well, I know it will be exciting. We'll also so talk I about wait. UFOs, everybody. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we've got a guest. <laughs> you have a guest. We do. So, all right, all right, that's it. There you go. You did it, Chris. Take us out. You're good. Alrighty, for next uh, for tonight, we'll see you everybody next week on the 420. We're out of here on Skywatchers Radio night.